0: Bible in the Exodus which we'll read today when I see the blood I will pass over you amen I tell you that'd be an awful thing to come down to the end of your life and uh, uh, be denied heaven be denied to get into the pearly gates and to be with Christ forever amen I'm thankful today that we're able to have the assurance in our hearts that we are saved Amen. There's so many proofs in God's Word that says that, that uh, we've known, we can know, and we can know, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. So different, uh, again, with uh, nobody in the church trying to preach, some, preach a message. So thankful that Courtney's here with me. Man, it's strength and help, but uh, the Lord knows the situation that we're in. He understands these things, and, and I'll tell you another thing about it. He knows his heart on us. Amen. As God's people not coming together because we feed so much off of each other, our presence together, our testimonies, our everyday life that we share together when we come together to worship him, it's so great, and so wonderful. thankful for that today and I was thinking about this too Uh, if you whoever said that you can be a Christian and not come to church surely surely has missed the whole thing because if you're able to be together and able to come to church you need to be in the house of God and not forsake the sibling of yourselves together. It's very, very important. I miss everybody so much, I was thinking today as uh, we had texted each other and texted out that there wouldn't be a service tomorrow. Uh, I tell you, it just kinda kinda hurts, it's kinda sad. And, uh, but we're gonna come back together and uh, another thing I felt in this, and I think uh, you people felt it too, is the, the more that we're away, it seems like the stronger our love becomes for each other. Uh, it's about like a man or a woman that, uh, would have to leave their family on business and go away and uh, be gone for a while. And then they love their uh, wife or their husband. They miss them because they're not there with them. But when they come back, I tell you, there's a bond. And and that love, I tell you, it's just a special thing. And we'll have that again real soon. Amen. I'd like to have a service next week, if all possible, have communion. And and, then we're right at that time of year of Easter. So let's pray that everything will work out for us. Amen. Amen. All right. If you have your Bibles and want to follow along in the reading here today, We'll take a look at some scriptures. Uh, go over to Exodus. Exodus chapter 12. We want to read a few verses there. Exodus chapter 12. Starting with verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take a lamb, every man, take them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers a lamb for a house and if the household be too little for the lamb let him and his neighbor next to and to his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your account your count for the lamb. For the lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year and ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats and ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two door the two side posts of the upper door And on the upper door of the post of the houses wherein they shall eat. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs and with the prudence thereof, that means the internal, internal organs, and ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, and your shoes on your feet, and your staff, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. For it is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. And I will execute judgment. Listen to this: I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you, and for for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And then I want to go over here to verse 21 through 23. And then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover and ye shall take a bunch of hippos and dip it uh, on the blood uh, in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lentil on the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin and, and none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood, Amen, upon the lintel and upon the sidepost, the Lord, praise God, will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to be to come into your house, uh, your houses, and smite you. And then I don't know if we'll get to this. I just wanted to read a parallel scripture here over in John's Gospel, chapter 6. And we find it here. I didn't mark it. John's Gospel, chapter 6. And in verse 53 through 58, this is what Jesus told the crowd. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, he shall have no life in you. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth a man in me and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he uh, shall even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, God, for the opportunity, Lord, to preach your word again, Lord. And I tell you, Lord, we're so thankful, God, for these great truths and the parallels, Lord, that we see, God, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, Lord, that it's all a fulfilling of Christ, Lord, your blessed Son. And we realize, God, today that we cannot preach, we cannot do anything, Lord, without your divine hand upon us and your help, Lord, uh, and the Holy Spirit guiding us and directing us, Lord. I feel like, Lord, today I am so weak, Lord, spiritually. I pray, God, for your help, Lord. I surely need you today to guide us through this message. Lord, may your will be done and may those words, God, that you want us to speak upon today. Lord, may they be said. Help us, God. Feed us, Lord, off of Thy word. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to show you the parallels today of the children of Israel in the uh, the Hebrew children in Exodus when they had their Passover. And our Passover too. Amen. That's Jesus Christ. Is our Passover. And uh, as we go over here to chapter 12 uh, I'd like to read a couple notes here. Some things that I had written down. And uh, I was thinking back uh, here before this passage of scripture how Joseph was in the land of, of Egypt there. And, and in reality. Joseph was the savior of Egypt too. Because God favored Joseph. If it wasn't for Joseph. Uh, Egypt would have been dried up. And gone and dead. And uh, But anyways. As time went on. Uh, Joseph died. And the scripture said there arose another Pharaoh. and uh, And he knew not Joseph. He didn't know who Joseph was. And I tell you, he looked out uh, uh, from his palace uh, where he lived, and and, and, ac- and looked out across the land, and he seen the Hebrews, he seen the Israelites, huh? How they were growing in number, and how they was was flourishing, huh? And they was becoming more than the Egyptians, and and, and they were multiplying so fast, and the scripture said the Hebrew women were so fertile, and it said there that that he was troubled and he was worried and, and, uh, and it got to him. Uh, and he was afraid that, that, I, uh, that the Hebrews, the Israelites, God's people would grow so much uh, and they would become a mighty army and, and uh, would overtake the Egyptians is what the Bible said. And, and it also said or they was afraid that they might team up uh, with one of the, uh, the Egyptians' army and overthrow them. So anyhow, that's what he was fearing. So what he'd done, huh? He took the Israelites, the Hebrews, same people. I'll say Israelites because I'm so used to saying that. And he took these people, God's people, and he brought them into bondage, into deep bondage, huh? He overpowered them with his military uh, and, 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 and encompassed them, and, and they became their slaves. huh? And they worked for Pharaoh and the Ramses and built the cities and built the towers. Amen. And uh, the scripture said here, and it is estimated, uh, that uh, when Moses gave the Passover instructions to the Hebrews, the people had been in bondage for 430 years. Stop and think about that for a minute. That's six to eight generations in bondage. That, that what a life to live under. No freedom. No hope. Just enslaved to the Egyptians. Huh? I thought about that for just a few minutes, you know, as I was looking at this. Huh? Uh, just think about that. Huh? They, these uh, uh, Hebrew children, the Israelites... My friend, they were in bondage. There was no freedom to go anywhere. Huh? They couldn't. They they lived in those little uh, huts and those straw houses. I don't know what they was really. I never studied them. Huh? But they never had much of anything. Huh? And they were sl- slaves to the Egyptians. They did have a little bit of cattle and a little bit of goats and a little bit of rams, huh? And a little bit of lambs, huh? They didn't let them that. But I want to tell you something. far as the freedom in this world, they had nothing. They were enslaved to the taskmasters the of the Egyptians. What a life to live, huh? What a future for your children and for your family. Think about it today. Huh? We here in America have so much. Huh? We waste so much stuff, my friend, on petty things. I tell you, the Hebrews never had nothing but a hard life. Huh? I want to tell you something. The bondage huh, today that they were in is a symbol of the bondage man is under sin. Uh, today in our world and in our in our life huh they were under bondage huh but thank god <laughs> hallelujah the lord was going to send and deliver <laughs> woo praise god he said there in the scriptures huh that when when uh, god peered to moses in that burning bush huh he said i hear the cries huh of my people and the wits, huh? Of their taskmasters. And I'm going to come down. good parent himself huh I didn't know I was going to get on in, in all of this huh? this wasn't planned in the preaching this morning, but I want to tell you something he felt in confident huh he, him going down and facing the, the strongest man in the world Pharaoh and looking Pharaoh in the face and telling him to free my people who am I? I want to tell you something my friend <laughs> I thank God for his help and his power and his strength huh, that he gives me huh? just to try to preach the word. Who am I to bring the word of God to you today? Huh? And I'm weak and I'm insufficient, but I want to tell you something today. When God's behind it and when he's in it, I tell you, we can conquer whatever task that lies ahead for you and I, huh? Yeah. Praise God, huh? I tell you, Moses came, my friend, huh? And he went to Pharaoh, huh? And he told Pharaoh, huh? He said, let my people go, huh? And Pharaoh looked at him and laughed at him, huh? Huh, this is all my... This is all my emphasis on it. He looked at Moses. You remember, he remembered Moses because Moses was, was in the palace. Moses was going to be the next Pharaoh, if you remember that. Huh? And he looked at Moses. huh? And I tell you, Moses, huh, he had them old, that old robe on him. And he had that old cloak on him. Huh? And, he, and his hair was all gray. huh? And he had a staff in his hand. I tell you, Pharaoh looked at him, and he just shook his head and said, Oh, Moses, Moses, who are you, huh? Come before me, the Pharaoh, the powerfulest man in the world. And Moses said, God, the God of the Hebrews sent me, huh? Listen up, Pharaoh, I want to tell you some things It's going to happen. You better let not people go. And may you remember the story. Pharaoh refused to let him go, and here come the plagues. Uh, there were ten plagues on Egypt uh, that God sent. Huh? They said here, the first one was number one. All the water was turned into blood. Huh. Think about that. Everywhere there was water. Huh. In the Nile River. Huh. And in their houses and in their bases. Listen, my friend, if they had a basin, think of this. And it was sitting there on the cabinet, huh? Where they would wash their hands, huh? Or whatever they done with the water, clean their dishes, huh? It was filled with blood. That was the first plague. And the second plague was, huh? It was the frogs. Huh? They and God sent the plague of the frogs, and it said, the frogs, huh, filled the land. Filled their houses, filled their rooms, filled their cabinets, filled their beds, huh? It was just a nuisance. The frogs. Huh? And then the next one was the flies. The flies came in by the swarms, huh? And they swarmed the houses in the land of Pharaoh. Huh? But Pharaoh never gave up. He hardened his, he told Moses, That's it, we'll, we'll let you go. But then he reneged. On his promise and upon his word. Amen. And he turned back. And then the sixth plague was the boils. No, I'm sorry. The plague of the livestock. The livestock was was uh, plagued with pestilence. All the it came upon the, all the animals. And the sixth plague was the boils. I tell you it said that the boils came on every man and beast, huh? They was filled with boils. That means they was filled with sores. Now I want you to tell you something. Huh, today, these people huh, was going through something. Huh? And Pharaoh still hardened his heart. He wouldn't give up. And he sent the plagues. The plagues of the great hail, the great ice that came from heaven, and it hit everything. It hit all their crops. Huh? It hit all their houses and all their land and everything. Huh? Can you imagine that? You ever hear the hail hit your house, huh? And you hear it hitting the, the sidewalk or the street, how it bounces around. Huh? And then the ninth one was here. He said, uh, the plague of darkness. There was a thick darkness across the land for three days, huh? Now, I don't know. I didn't study it. I don't know how much, t- how much time uh, it was from the first plague uh, to the ninth plague, I don't know how much time expired and went by. But I want to tell you something, huh? Pharaoh never changed his mind, huh? He still hardened his heart towards uh, Moses and the Hebrew people. But I want to tell you something. I believe this. This is just my belief and my emphasis. I know that the people, huh, when these plagues happened, my friend, I tell you, they couldn't overthrow the Ramses and they couldn't overthrow Pharaoh. But I tell you, they wasn't very happy. Huh? Living through all these plagues. Then now comes the tenth one. Huh? <clears throat> now comes the tenth one here in this story today. And that's the plague of the death angel. Huh? It's going to pass through the land. Praise God. Let's take a look here. Amen. I taken here. I want to read this to you just in case. And I might repeat myself. <clears throat> the Passover, the Uh, The Passover in Egypt was a figure of what Jesus was going to do uh, through here on earth for our sins and for the sins of mankind. Listen to this. The first shedding of blood was in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned against God. They tried to cover up uh, their sin with fig leaves, but it never worked. Man cannot atone for his own sins. God had to step in huh, and, and sacrifice animals and made them coats to cover themselves. So we see here that in the very beginning of the Bible, we see that there had to be a shedding of blood to cover man's sin. This is where the sacrifices came in at the beginning uh, and was carried down through the Old Testament for the shedding of blood until uh, it came down to Jesus and he was the ultimate living sacrifice for all the whole human race. And the last sacrifice that was needed. In Hebrews 9, 22 B, without the shedding of blood, there is no Remission for sin now we're going to see to here today the importance of the shedding of this lamb's blood today amen they said here and the Lord spake unto Aaron to Moses or Moses and Aaron and he laid out this plan huh for Israel he laid out this plan for the people. And I want to tell you sit here and you shall speak to the congregation of Israel saying in the tenth day of this month uh, they shall take unto them every man a lamb according to their fathers and and the lamb for a house. And and if that household be too little a lamb let him and his neighbor next to you in his house take it according to the number of souls even according to his eating shall he make it account of the lamb. I want to tell you what's happening here, huh? You listen to me today. Huh? This, he said, this is the tenth day of the month. All right? And this is the beginning of a new year for you. Huh? On this month is the, this is the this is a new day for you, Israel. Remember this. I want to tell you something, my friend. <laughs> Woo! Huh? God's got a plan. Huh? And he's putting it, he is putting it together here for the Israelites. Huh? There's gonna be a new beginning for them, huh? They're gonna be delivered from the bondage of the Egyptians, huh? I tell you it's gonna be a new life and a new way for them. Huh? Praise God. Ain't it wonderful? Huh? Ain't you so thankful this morning? I'll go ahead and throw this in, huh? Ain't you glad when you got saved, my friend? It was a new life and a new beginning for you, huh? Praise, Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Thank God for new beginnings, huh? And new life and new hope, huh? And I'll tell you what it said here. That they was to get this lamb, huh? Take this lamb, huh? This lamb and and uh, go out and get it out from among the goats or among the sheep, and they was to take that lamb, and they had to. There was two uh, restrictions, huh? They had to pick a lamb that was a male and that was a year old, huh? It had to be a year old, and it had another speculation was it had to have no blemishes and no flaws. Think about this this morning, huh? Praise God. I know I'm saying this morning, time you hear it to be morning, huh? Woo! Praise God. Listen, huh? I tell you, in the first year of that male lamb, that was the prime of his life, huh? That was the prime of his life. I want to tell you something about another lamb. Hallelujah! It was Jesus Christ! He was 33 years old in the prime of His life when He went to the cross and suffered and died for you and me. huh? Hallelujah. You see the parallel? And I want to tell you something else about our Christ. There was no spot nor blemish. Huh? He was the perfect, holy, humble Son of God. Amen. Praise God forever. huh? no flaws in Jesus. I'll tell you another thing about this. It says that the lambs was the highest sacrifice that man could offer to God. It was the highest sacrifice. It was above anything else. Because the lamb, listen, the lamb was innocent. It it, it was was not harmful. It was just pure. And a simple little animal. Huh? Praise God. And I'll tell you another thing the lamb was not guilty. Huh? Listen, Christ, my friend, huh? Was not guilty for sin either. Huh? He who, who had no sin took on sin for us. Huh? Praise God. They took that lamb and they brought it into the house. Huh? And the scripture said here that it was in the house for four days, huh? Now think about this. Here this little lamb is. It's probably <clears throat> maybe by the top of the back. Huh? It might be about two foot high or less, huh? Pretty little lamb, huh? Perfect little lamb. And do you know the children in the households got close to the lamb? Now this lamb, you know, normally on other conditions, it's to be outside, you know, with the other sheep and the other lambs and the other goats, huh? But now it's in the house, huh? And the children, huh, are excited about it, huh? They're getting around the goat, huh, or the sheep, or the lamb. I'll get it right in a minute. And they're petting that little lamb, huh? And here comes the instructions, huh? Here comes the instructions. Here's what we're going to do. Huh? And I want to tell you something. Each household had to have a lamb. Huh? I want to tell you something about that. This salvation is personal. It's between you and God. Huh? It's between you and your household. You yourself. Huh? Each one had to have a lamb for his own. Lest the family was too small and they shared it together and God understood it. That's why He put it in the instructions. Huh? Uh, and they come together and said, Here. And He said, Take it. And they took out, the me. And He said, Here. <clears throat> and then you shall keep it until the 14th day in the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation shall kill it in the evening. Huh? And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and the upper uh, doorpost of the house wherein ye shall eat it. <clears throat> so here it is. In the evening they take this lamb and they kill it. And I want to tell you something. I believe there were some wet eyes in that household in those households across the land. Huh? Because for four days, huh, that little lamb was part of their family. Huh? And I want to tell you, what God was doing, He was showing you a picture. He was showing them, and you and I too, a picture of sin and what it cost. Wow. Huh? He wanted us to see the intimacy of the little lamb. And the innocent, innocence of Christ. Huh? And a price for sin. And he killed that lamb, drained the blood out, put it in a basin. Huh? And took his, this hapas, they called it. And I'll tell you what it was. It was just like the cattails we see out in these little swamps. They say basically over there, that's about what it was like. And those cattails, if you've ever been around them, you pull one of them up, and they're just like a sponge. Huh? They're just full of water. You squeeze them, and I'm telling you, water will come out like crazy. Huh? They soak up water. And it said, and and, and Moses said, take the hippos, huh? And, and put it on the doorpost, huh? On the side panels and on the top. Huh? And I want to tell you something. I was reading this, huh? And, I, and the writer said that when they, he said when they spread it upon the door, huh, and above, around the door frame, huh, he said it had that blood of the lamb, huh, and that blood was flowing down. They were basically painting the door frame, huh, with blood. And he said there, and they used that in pause, huh. And he said, I believe, I see. He said, I believe that there was water in that apostle. And, and I want to tell you something, church. Hallelujah. Listen. When this soldier pierced Christ's side and shoved that sword through Jesus, the scripture said, out rained blood and water. Huh? Praise God. Hallelujah. See the parallels of our Savior this morning. Amen, huh? And they spreaded out that uh, uh spread it out that blood, huh? and I want to tell you the scripture, don't say this, but I read it, I found out about it. I didn't think about it, I guess. I really did not even think about it, huh? huh? But they put the blood on the outside of the door. huh? Listen to this. they put the blood on the outside of the door, huh. And they closed the door, huh? Listen to me, cause they had to close the door and they had to stay inside because they couldn't go out of the house until morning because that was God's command, huh? I'm gonna tell you something. Hallelujah! When God, when God saved us and the blood was applied to our lives on that day, today we're covered. By the blood. huh? And we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Because the blood is upon us. And we're walking in this world. And the world knows that we're God's people. Because we're Christians. We live different. We live for Christ. And He sees the blood. They see the blood. They, they don't understand the blood. But they see that we're different. Huh? We're covered, huh? Praise God. I want to tell you something. If they didn't do exactly what was in the commandment of God, they'd have never survived. they never made it. Uh, the blood was applied. Uh, I know I've got to hurry up and get through this. Uh, let me get down here. And they sit here, and that's what they did. And then they sit here, and they shall eat it. And then I shall eat the flesh that night, roast with fire and, and leavened bread and bitter herbs, and they shall eat it. Uh, let me tell you something. Listen to me. Huh? Praise God. The command was, huh, to those Hebrew people. They was <coughs> to eat the whole land. Listen to that for just a minute. Eat the whole lamb that they had slain, huh? And there's a reason spiritually behind that, huh? I want to tell you something, huh? Today, you and I, my friend, have to feast on the Word of God, huh? We have to hear and listen and breathe and feast on the whole Word of God. Why is that, preacher? I'll tell you why. Because it's God's word. And all of it is whole for our hearts. Huh? We cannot just take bits and pieces out of God's word and live according to that. We've got to take the whole counsel of God and digest it into our spiritual system. Huh? We need the whole land. God. Huh? Praise God. Listen to me. We have to have the whole lamb. We have to have all of Jesus. Huh? Not just part of Jesus, huh? Not just that loving, miracle part, huh? And that uh, kindness. Huh? We got to have all of Jesus. We got to have it. Listen, my friend, huh? From Gethsemane. Huh? In the, in the garden. And then all the way to the cross and to the resurrection and to the ascension in the heaven. We have to have all of Christ. huh? And not preach some of him I mean, or a little bit of I him. Mean. We've got to consume him all. I tell you, God wants all of us. He just don't want part of us or some of us or a little bit of us. He wants all of us. Amen. That was the commandment. They had to eat the whole land. Uh, And he said here, uh, I don't want to quit before I run out of gas. He said here, and it said, and they shall eat eat it. And it said here with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Now I want to go over the bitter herbs first. I'll tell you what the bitter herbs was. It was an awful taste. Them herbs didn't taste good. I never really looked into it. Huh? But I want to tell you something. What this meant spiritually. Huh? What it meant was the bitterness of sin. Huh? The, the, the tasteless, huh? The awfulness, huh? A life of sin. Listen to my friend. A life of sin has ruined many and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people's lives, huh? I tell you, I just want to tell you this. I've known people, huh, uh, that I've grown up with and ran around with and people that I've seen in the community, I tell you, were sinners. And they were deep sinners. I mean, they were partiers, huh? They were drunkeners, huh? They were pot smokers and drug users, huh? And I've seen them. Down through the years, huh? And you can tell the weight of sin on their body and on their faces. Sin drug them down. They looked twice as old as they should have looked Because of sin, huh? Sin is that bitterness, huh? It separates us from God, huh? That's what sin does. That's why the Christ came. That's what the blood's all about, huh? To redeem us from sin. I'll tell you another thing, too, what it means, huh? And that's repentance. Uh, The bitter road to repentance. Now, get this down, huh? Uh, Listen, huh? When we come, huh, before God, before we're saved, huh? And we're under conviction, huh? And we're under conviction because the Holy Spirit's dealt with our hearts, dealt with our souls, huh? And we become under conviction, my friend. And those, and the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins and we remember our sins. And that's bitterness. Huh? Sin is bitter, huh? Our sins are bitter, huh? And I'll tell you what we have to do. I'm talking about true repentance. I'm not talking about coming down to the altar and saying a prayer and getting up and nothing changes. I'm talking about the true repentant heart. When he comes to the altar, he confesses all of his sins to God. And it hurts. And it's bitter. uh, And it affects life for him. And he's confessing these sins to Christ. And he knows he's been wrong. And his lifestyle has been messed up. Huh? It's a bitterness pill to swallow. But I'm going to tell you, it's the pill that's got to be swallowed. Because through repentance, we find the Christ of Calvary. Amen. Huh? And I'll tell you, huh? And these things happen. Huh? And we remember the things we've done. Huh? We remember the sins we committed. We remember the people that we wronged. The things that we done to other people were wrong, my friend. And we were guilty of it. And as time goes on, my friend, we feel like, listen, we need to make restitution. I'm talking about old-time repentance. I'm talking about when people repented. And when, when the Lord put... Uh, people on their hearts that they wronged. They went to them and asked forgiveness that, God, that they would forgive them for the wrongness that they'd done to them. It didn't matter if it was 10, 50, 20 years ago. They felt it. Uh, it was a bitter pill swallow because they had to go back to that person they wronged and tell them they were sorry. Huh? What are you saying, preacher? I'll tell you what. My dad done it. Huh? My dad done it. I done it. Huh? to someone I wronged. Huh? I tell you, it was a bitter pill. Huh? Somebody that, that was in my life, and I won't tell you the details, but I'll tell you this. I sat there and I cried and told him I was sorry. Huh? The bitterness pill of repentance. It needs to be taken in and done. It and won't go here to the unleavened we You know what leaven is? Leaven is yeast. Huh? They called it. Le- they called it leaven back then. In our time, we call it yeast. <clears throat> and it was that particle that you put in bread, you put in biscuits, or whatever you put in, you put it in there. And <clears throat> whatever, let's just say, whatever size that bread is, that loaf of bread. You put that yeast in there, my friend, and when that bread's done baking, it is two to three to four times bigger than what it was huh, without the yeast. So what the yeast did was, when you put it in there and mixed it in with the bread or the biscuits or whatever you're making, I'll tell you what did. It, it came in and it just controlled the bread. It took over the bread And the baking process. I don't know how all this works. I'm just telling you about what I looked at. And it overtakes it. Huh? And I want to tell you something, my friend. Leaven in the Bible was a representation of sin. Huh? That's why God commanded that no leavened bread that they would eat of it or it would even be in their houses. Because he wanted them to recognize that it was sinful. And it was sin. Huh? But I want to tell you something. This is how it happens. Sin enters a man's life. I'll tell you, we're born of the carnal nature. We didn't have no choice of that. Huh? But I want to tell you, if a man don't get to the Lord and get to Christ, huh? This leaven, this sin, my friend, will fill him up. Huh? And overpower him and overtake him. And I'll tell you what he is, huh? He's a slave and a sin to the devil. And he's a slave to him and he lives for him. Amen. And then I was thinking about that, huh? Here's another thing, my friend, on the Christian side of this, this 11, huh? Now listen, huh? We've had the bloodshed. Huh? It's been applied to the doorpost. Christ has died for you and I sins and shed his blood. Huh? Now we repented of our sins, huh? Huh? And now we come to the leaven, huh? The sin that we was that we inherited that's been in us from the carnal nature, huh? And the ways of sin. Huh? And I want to tell you something. There might be still habits because they happen. You might have a habit that's wrong, that's sinful, that you need to get rid of. huh? Maybe there's things in your life you're doing that you shouldn't be doing that is really sinful. Huh? There might be questions that you have in your life. Should I be doing this? Or should I be doing that? Let me tell you something. If it's questionable, get rid of it. Huh? That's what he was saying. Get rid of all the living. Get rid of all the sin. I want to tell you something. Jesus died and shed his blood for you and I, for the church this morning. Listen, so we can live a sinless life, a godly life, and a holy life. Hallelujah, there's power in that blood to keep us pure. In this wicked and sinful and adulterous generation. Huh? Amen. Oh, praise God forever. I'm gonna quit. Let me get just a little part out here, huh? So we got the they're eating the bitter herbs, they're eating the unleavened bread, huh? The lamb's already been sacrificed, and he said here, and he said in the eleventh verse, "And thou shalt eat of it." Listen to this. Pay close attention. God help me to preach this. With your loins girded, and your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste, for this is the Lord's Passover. <laughs> I tell you something, huh? I was down home just a few hours ago studying this, and I come across this. Huh? I tell you, Lord, bless me. If He blesses me here, I'll, I'll, I'll shout it, huh? Listen to this, huh? Here it was in the middle of the night, in the evening, huh? And they came to eat this lamb, and they was going to have their suppers, huh? But I want to tell you something, huh? They were dressed to go somewhere, huh? I tell you, they, they, put, they had their robes on and their cloak, huh? And, it's, and listen, I want to just explain something to you. They don't have clothes like we have. They don't have jeans and pants and dresses like the women wear, huh? They had a, it was like a, a house coat or a gown, huh? And they, they said they pulled that up, huh? Between their uh, ankles and their knees, huh? And they took that. Cause they're getting ready to take a hike, huh? They're getting ready to head, huh? Out of Egypt and out of this bondy. Woo! Praise God. Listen to me this morning, huh? Thank God. They good in their sales. They're going to take a trip. Huh? And they good themselves, their huh? And they got ready, huh? And they put shoes on their feet, huh? My friend, when they ate dinner every night, huh? listen, Huh? before this Passover uh, came. I'll tell you, they never ate with their shoes on, huh? I don't know that for a fact, but I bet you they didn't have their shoes on. I bet they kicked them off, huh, and got comfortable and was ready to eat, huh? But it said they had their shoes on, my friend. Huh? Praise God. Listen. Oh, listen. Huh? If I could get this out, Huh? Brother Mark Ankry preached, huh? At my dad's funeral, huh? About the iron shoe. Huh? And i tell you what, I really didn't understand it that much. I was going through that, going through something at the time, huh? And he come down here and he preached for me, huh? When I was on vacation and he preached about the iron shoe, huh? And I want to tell you something. I got something out of that message, huh? I try to understand it. But the Holy Spirit, huh, today showed me exactly what it meant, huh? He told, he, when he preached that message, he was preaching about my dad and a righteous life. Every time, everywhere my dad stepped, he left the footprint of righteousness for my family and my children, huh? But I want to tell you something. This morning, listen to me. These people we're going to head out, Into a wilderness journey. Listen. I'll tell you where they was heading. I might have forgot it. They're heading towards the promised land. And I want to tell you something. On that journey. There are sharp rocks. There are sticks and thorns and thistles, my friend. That they'll have to walk over. And there's snakes and serpents. That'll be along the path. I want to tell you something. They had iron shoes. Huh? They could walk, listen, right over top of those thorns and rocks. And when a serpent came out, huh? they could stomp on them huh? and kill them with those iron shoes. Huh? Praise God. I want to tell you something. My friend, you and I this morning, spiritually speaking, our feet are shod with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And listen to me, huh? We're going to walk through this life and whatever objects are in our way that are dangerous, we're going to step right over them. huh? Because Jesus Christ has prepared the way. Amen. Huh? Amen. And I was thinking here, I'll tell you, he said here, I know I'm going to quit this is it. He said... Have your loins girded your shoes on and your staff in your hand. Huh? Let me tell you what this staff was. <clears throat> this staff that the man carried was a rod of wood <clears throat> about five foot tall, about two or three inches in diameter. Huh? And this rod, my friend, this staff, huh, is what they used, huh, when they walked out of Egypt. They was going into the wilderness. Listen, they didn't have firearms and guns, huh, and the things we have today, huh, to, to tackle the wild beast, huh, and to kill the wild beasts of the forest, huh. All we got to do now is just pull the trigger. They never had that luxury, they had the staff. And they carried that staff, my friend. Huh? And that staff was a comfort to him. What did David say? Huh? He said, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, huh? And I tell you, they took that staff, my friend, and it helped him to walk along the trail. Listen, huh? They walked downhill and then they walked uphill. They had rugged terrain, huh? And that staff was their stabilizer. It held them, and it helped them to walk through the hard places. I want to tell you something. Listen to me. I thank God for this. Get this this morning. In this life, my friend, we're going to have trials and tribulations, and we'll be up on the mountaintop, my friend, and we'll walk up that mountain, and there'll be good times. And that staff and that rod, that Word of God will help us. But I'll tell you, we're gonna to have to come down sometime down into the valley, huh? And then we'll have that staff, the word of God, the sword of the spirit with us, huh? And it'll help us, huh? As we walk down through the, the journey of life. Huh? With our we'll go up and we'll go down. That's the way life is. Huh? In this Christian life. But God's with us. Huh? I want to tell you something. They had their families. Their families, who, listen, this is just my metaphor. The old father was in front, and the wife was behind him, and the children. My friend, and they walked through that wilderness, huh? And he had that staff, huh? And listen, and when a wild beast came out of the forest and got in front of them and on their path, you know what he did? Huh? He had that rod. My lads, listen, I believe that. He grabbed it and gripped it like a baseball bat. Huh? And when that lion or that wild beast come after him, he swung that bat and hit him right in the mouth and knocked every teeth out of his head. Huh? I want to tell you something. Praise God. Listen. Hallelujah. You and I this morning have got Jesus Christ as our rod and our staff. And then the devil... Come to destroy us. I tell you, the Lord will knock him down and get him out of the way. Huh? I want to tell you, we're on a journey this morning and that journey is heaven. Is our destiny. Huh? I tell you, the promised land was the Hebrews' destiny. The Israelites' destiny huh? was the promised land that God promised them. You and I this morning, listen, Our promised land is heaven. And that's where we're headed. And I'll tell you, we have iron shoes. We have the staff and the rod of God with us. And he's going to see us. All the way to the end of this day. Praise God. I got a little carried away this morning or today, day. But that's alright. I just want you to see the parallels. In this is today. Huh? Just as they survived the death angel, they come to the land of Egypt that night. Listen, there's coming another judgment, huh? That's gonna be worldwide. Huh? The the end's gonna come and the world's gonna be judged. And I'm gonna tell you something. If the blood ain't applied to our lives, uh, we're not going to get into heaven. We're not going to make it. We better have the covering. Huh? I remember Brother Average years ago, and I never did understand this story. Huh? But he said there, he was talking about the man that was invited to the wedding. And he come into the wedding,
1: and he never had a
0: wedding garment on. And I really never could figure that out. And Brother Avery said, you know what the wedding garment was? I said, no, I really don't understand. He said, it was the blood of Christ. <laughs> it was the blood of Christ, huh? And we're talking about the very supper of the Lamb. If you don't have the robes of the blood on you, you're not going to make it in to the Mary's supper of the Lamb. Huh? Huh? Hallelujah. Praise God forever. You see the parallel of it today? Huh? I want to tell you something. I'll say another thing, and then I'm going to quit. Those people who say that really the, New, the Old Testament has really no value today, or they don't understand the Old Testament, it's the past, it's for the Jews. I want to tell you something. huh? Those who say that, in reality, really don't even know the New Testament. Because I'll tell you one thing. And, I remember, and, I'll, and I'll never forget this. When I started looking at the Word of God and trying to study and try to understand it, I came from the very first word in the beginning to the very last word at the end of the Bible. Jesus is everywhere in between. Huh? From front to back, it's all about Christ, the Redeemer. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah forever for Him. Huh? As we come into this Easter season, Uh, and we celebrate the death of Christ and the resurrection of Him. Let's think about it. Let's think about Him and what all He went through with us. And another thing, let us think about the redemption that we have in our hearts and our souls. What a blessed people we are to have Christ and be His. Amen. Praise God. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, once again, for Thy love, Thy mercy, and Thy strength. We're so thankful, God, for Your help. Lord, we're so thankful for Your Word. We realize, God, today that we need You so much, especially in this troubled world, Lord, that we're living in today. We pray, Heavenly Father, now, God, that You would help us in this nation and our world today. Lord, to get over this virus, God, that has plagued our land. Lord, that you know all about. I pray, God, that we'll come together soon in this house. Lord, and worship you in spirit and in truth. We pray, God, that you'll help us, Lord, and make that happen. Oh, Lord, our hearts uh, uh, long to be together once again in your house. But as time goes on, Lord, we're going to pray. And ask God for your help. And ask God for your assistance, Lord. That you'll oversee us and take care of us, Lord, in this dangerous world that we're living in today. Keep us, Lord. Keep us safe. Put a hedge about us, uh, Lord, of protection. Keep us from this virus, God. And keep us, Lord, in the center of your will and in the palm of your hand. In Jesus' name we pray.